Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So welcome to another episode of the Powercast. Today we have a very exciting topic which is incredibly relevant and that's tactics to uh, build muscle, burn fat during Ramadan with Essa Al-Ansari from Dubai. So uh, Essa is an incredibly inspirational man. So he himself has been through a fantastic journey in terms of from a weight loss side of things, losing 87 kilos in four and a half years, which is absolutely mind blowing. That's nearly my entire body weight, Essa. Um, <laughs> also a motivational speaker, does a lot of work to try and help the youth as uh, a businessman and has a very, very varied background in terms of helping people achieve their goals uh, and motivating them to lead their best lives. So absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast all the way from thank Dubai. You for ha- <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure, man. So obviously uh, you're over in the lockdown situation in Dubai as well at the moment. And I know that's obviously challenging for viewers is for us in the UK. And yeah. so like one of the topics we can, we can obviously delve into that a little bit further into the podcast but like mainly the subject we're going to go through today is like tips in terms of how to structure your diet during Ramadan, how to optimize your training during Ramadan, and maybe some of the the tips and tricks you've used um, over the last few years and I I use my clients to help people get through this period because I think a lot of people use Ramadan sometimes as um, respectfully a bit of an excuse to sometimes let their diet and training go go away. Uh, Can you see that a bit? Yeah, that's a hundred, that's I agree a hundred percent with you. Obviously, Ramadan is um, you know a month of fasting, and people tend to, as you said, uh, you know have many excuses to not train or not even do a ten to twenty minute workout a day. Uh, not even for not, not straight seven days. I would even say at least three times a week. So I get a lot, and I get a lot of questions as well. That oh, how can you stay active, and how could you, or how are you motivated, especially for the people that are fasting. Um, you know, you're fasting 15 hours plus and you don't have the energy to actually train before breaking your fast. And then after breaking your fast, you get way too tired because you overeat and you just don't have energy anymore. You just want to sleep. So I think that's that's a few issues that I think globally when people fast or during the holy month of Ramadan is how they stay active. Or I would say the most important question is how to stay motivated during Ramadan as well. Yeah. And I think you probably agree that, and obviously as a motivational speaker, you'll know this more than anything, that um, the real key isn't necessarily motivation because motivation will come and go. And like everyone won't be yeah. Uh, yeah. motivated all the time. Like I won't, you won't be, but what will set you apart is actually being disciplined. So building discipline into your lifestyle and your habits and setting yourself up with the right structure at the beginning of Ramadan is really the key here. Yes, it's that's the key as well. And then, obviously, one thing I've learned as well throughout my weight loss journey, and I would I would say it's on now on a daily basis, um, is you know setting a goal. And then Ramadan, if you have a specific goal set for yourself, that oh, by end of Ramadan, I want to reach this target, or I want mm-hmm. to lose this much of weight, I want to gain this much of weight. Doesn't matter. But just having that goal set uh, for Ramadan, I think, is something that's very helpful, and that I think did help me so much in the past few years as well. 100%. I think it's one of those things, unless you have a goal or a vision of where you want to go yeah. or what you're yeah. specifically trying to achieve, the chances are you're probably going to slack off um, yes. because you're, you haven't got a strong enough why as to why you're going to try and um, find a way to achieve your goals during Ramadan, if that makes sense. 100%. I agree 100% with you. Um, in terms of from like your own personal sort of journey, um, Esther, obviously, um, 
as obviously you've transitioned and lost a hell of a lot of weight, which is absolutely incredible. What, what did you find initially challenging about Ramadan, maybe with sort of uh, maintaining your fitness goals? Was there anything in particular? What was the most difficult uh, thing that you found? Well, in Ramadan, I would say the difficult things for me, I would say till now, is just adjusting, obviously, with the meal plans. I would say since I started my weight loss journey is what I do is I have at least four to five meals, even six meals a day, small meals that I, that I would eat every two to three hours. Yeah. Whereas now in Ramadan, because you're fasting all day, you, so by the, from the time you break your fast till the time that you have your last meal, which is at 4 a.m., it's really hard to squeeze in five to six meals. And many people as well would agree, agree with me that that's the most difficult part of it is, you know, sticking with the meals and what you ate and the calorie intakes that you take and the macros as well. So that's one thing that I find very difficult as well. And then I would, to be honest, I'll be straight up is sometimes I do feel demotivated as well when, you know, in Ramadan especially is because you're just too tired. You know, when you have, you have no energy, even though you break your fast, you have carbs, you have protein, you have veg, you have some sugar intake, but you just don't have that motivation that you do on a regular basis on like a usual day. So if you, if you get what I mean. 100%, 100%. I think one of the big things that you refer to there in terms of trying to squeeze the food in is I think the, the choices of food you're potentially looking to eat. Yeah. And I would suggest probably looking to try and favor foods that, oh, this is what I do with my clients, um, favor foods that digest very well with you and you know your body can absorb easily because yeah. you don't want to be trying to push in loads of food that's going to make you feel yeah. bloated, horrendous. Yeah. And then uh, when you haven't eaten all day and your, your stomach's going to have a meltdown. Um, yeah. Have you, have you seen that part personally yourself in the past? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I would hundred percent is when I break my fast, I remember just times I would just go all in. <laughs> I mean, literally like all in all the food because I'm so hungry, especially yeah. I think your body needs sugar. I think that's the most important thing. And, we as soon as we see something sugary whereas dates or some desserts yeah you just go all in and you just eat you don't even know you're you're full but you still want to eat more and more yeah and then what happens is that it's just you crush down and you just pass out you sleep for an hour and again you wake up and you repeat again do the same yeah. until around 4 a.m and that's the reason why obesity i would say or even the percentage of obesity especially in ramadan does increase a lot and then people do gain weight a lot it's because of the way they eat i think they don't know how as you said, is, you know, adjusted according to Ramadan and how the body would react to it as well. I think it's one of those things. It's very much that like almost uh, famine and feast mentality. Yeah. So like as soon as you can eat again, it's almost like opening the floodgates of like how much food can I, I, I can I eat? And it's like almost trying to play catch up for yeah. the day, I guess. Yeah. And then in your head as well is you're thinking, you're like, oh, it's fine. I'm just having one meal a day. So might yeah. as well eat as much as I can. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I think sometimes as well. I'm like, it's fine. I'm eating one meal a day. Might as well eat and go all in. And that's what a lot of people say. Like I have some people or I have some students when I, when I do my talks, they're like, yeah, but Risa, I have one meal a day and that's fine. I could eat whatever I want to eat, even if it's junk food. It's just because it's one meal and more one meal and I will lose weight because I'm fasting the next day. It's one of those things that I think... Um, and that's, I think, probably where you do such a good job. Uh, so it's like, I think, educating people, maybe that, that isn't necessarily the greatest way to go about things because um, on a face value, that might look great as a way to lose weight. But from the terms of actually like internal health, if yeah. you're going to eat one meal a day and it's, I don't know, say for a McDonald's, for example, yeah. um, and that's all you're going to do for the Ramadan, that's not going to leave you in a very good position by the end yeah. of Ramadan. Uh, and yes. it's also going to lead you to when you actually come back to eating correctly again. You're, like if you're used to eating junk food, when you want to start trying to eat 
more frequently through the day, guess what you're probably yeah. going to start craving all day long is probably junk food. Under 100%. It's also, especially the last meal that you have at 4 a.m. before you go to bed or before you start fasting, that's when people don't know what type of food to eat or what can I eat that's mm. maybe some carbs that would you know slowly absorb in my body so I, I don't feel that hungry when I wake up. So I get these questions here and there as well from, you know, from through my social media pages, through my talks. How can I, what shall I eat? What, what's good to consume at 4 a.m.? It's, you know, I don't want to eat heavy and sleep directly. And put in mind, we have to drink a lot of water as well. So eating a lot and then drinking like two, three liters of water before you go to bed. You could just imagine your, your stomach just bloats up. Oh, 100%. It's, um, yeah, you, you, it's, it's that thing you're just trying to cram as much as you can. It's almost such a short window, which again comes back down to a, why you don't want to be eating junk food because as soon as you try to eat junk food it like the salts and the processed rubbish and it's going to make you more dehydrated anyway and your body's yes. not going to actually utilize any of the food uh, you're consuming and also in terms of rehydrating yourself it's not actually going to help in terms of that situation either agree agree i agree with you completely 100 percent yeah um, from, from a practical side of things, Esther, what, how, would, how do you traditionally set up your diet with, say, like your first meal breaking the fast and then your last yep. meal um, before going back to sleep again uh, and also stop eating? And then when would you fit your training in between and what would you yeah, do? That's, a, that's actually a good question. As I got many. Um, so basically how, what I do is um, I, I stick to my usual plan as much as I could. So I do have four to five meals from the time I break my fast to my last meal. Um, now, when I break my fast, I usually break my fast with, you know, some, like a light meal. Uh, so it could be either oats, a bit of oats with, let's say, whey protein and uh, with water and a date. Yeah. And then what I do is that after that, I go do my training. So that's my, you know, strength training, depending on the day. I just forgot to mention that before I break my fast, half an hour before breaking your fast, what I do is I usually do my fasted cardio. Uh, that's, that's, that's my routine for the past two, three years. I did see results. Obviously, it depends on one person to another. Uh, and I think you would agree with me with that. But um, I break my fast with a small meal. I train. And then my main meal would be right after my workout. And that would be my meal number two. And that would have, you know, consist of carbs, veg, and protein intake as well. So that's meal number two. And then meal number three and four obviously will be the next, let's say, two to three hours. And then meal number five will be my last meal, which is at around 3.30, 4 a.m. right before we start fasting. And at 4 a.m., what I usually have is I usually have Greek yogurt with berries and uh, a bit of peanut butter. And as well as I have, I have casein protein as well, because yep. that's a long-lasting protein that would help you as well. So you digest in the body. And then water as well. So what I, as I said, is that I usually have small meals and that's two to three hours gap in between each meal. Five meals could be a lot. So it could be four meals, even three meals. But then I, and I've been doing this for the past two to three years and I've seen incredible change and results as well in my body as well. Um, training wise, I always tell people that's the best time to train is what I said, break your fast with a small meal and then train. There are some people that train right before breaking their fast, like a full on workout, which I've done and I don't highly recommend it because the energy level is zero and uh, you know, your body just can't cope with, you can't push yourself as, as hard as possible because you're fasting. So after breaking your fast, I think that's the best time as well. I agree with that. And that's generally what I always recommend for clients during this period is some people want to go in and train completely fasted. And if, if that works for you and you feel great, then by all means yeah. try it and do it. Um, but for me personally, that's not something I would, I would think would work well for me or something I'd recommend. 
I would prefer that someone had a small meal or something small snack so they had something in them or even they went and trained and had like um, an intra-workout carbohydrate drink to almost yes. like break, break their fast with yeah. that and then train yeah. using that and then eat yeah. their first meal would probably yeah that, and I've seen and it does 100% I agree with you and it, it does work and it's obviously when you break your fast that way you don't feel heavy no. you know you feel actually great you have energy you took a bit of sugar you've taken a bit of this and that and then you're training and then after training that's where you're having your main meal and that's i always say to myself oh that's my dinner it's the usual like my usual dinner so i just have it right after my training and that's will be around 9 p.m 8 39 p.m which is perfect what would you traditionally have as a small snack before training if you were going to break your fast for Ramadan? Give people some um, so I do have something tradition, but then usually it depends. Uh, there's something that we, well, all the people who fast would know. It is called haris, which is basically a crushed meat with oats, and it's very light. It's something very, very light. And I have around 50 gram of that and one date and, let's say, a whey protein or something, a shake, just a whey protein with water. I do have that half an hour later, I move into my training. And during my training, I do have my BCAs or amino acids and all that. And then obviously my main meal after. So again, it depends. But then that's what I've been having. That haris dish that we have is very cultural and it's only served in Ramadan. And it's something that I would like to have, you know, just feel the taste of Ramadan. And it's as well something very light and healthy, I would say, because it has this protein and it has a bit of carbs and it's very liquid. It's like a soup. But what, you just have what, what, um, what meat do they put in that out of interest? Uh, that is a good question, but I think it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I haven't ever done it. <laughs> but I, let me, I'll find out and I'll let you guys know. But um, I'm not sure exactly what meat is it, but I'll find out and let you guys know, definitely. A- anyone who's listening to this who knows what it is, drop me an SRMS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone, knows, everyone who fasts would know the dish Harris because it's a very well-known, that's only served in Abulah. Okay, okay. So it's, and it's something very light that, that, well, we make it very light. Some people make it very heavy, but it depends. But that's the dish I have. Or I would tell people have some whey protein or even a bit of oats with whey protein. Just have that carbs and then try it. Yeah, I think the vital thing here is just making sure you've got fuel to perform and to train. Yes. Um, yes. And then I, I also think um, from my side of things, something I tend to recommend for a lot of people is actually when they're drinking water, breaking the fast, I recommend adding like an electrolyte powder. Um, to try yes. and replenish minerals, which you haven't been able to take in during the day. Um, because you, I don't know if you've had it personally yourself, but a lot of people can sometimes suffer with cramps, uh, even after yeah. one meal trying to train again, because they don't have uh, enough almost like uh, minerals and sodium within their body. So I'd recommend like salting your meal beforehand uh, with good quality salts and adding electrolytes to fluids uh, when you're yeah. breaking fast will help. 100% I agree. And I think you would also agree with me that, you know, I get, well, I've seen many people myself, my experience the past few years is, you know, people tend to, as, as we said, break their fast with a very heavy meal. And then they go and train at around 10, 30 p.m., 11 p.m. And what, what do you think of that? Do you think, is this something good? Because um, I know that people, they, they would eat and eat and eat. It's fine. But in their head, they're like, it's fine. I'm just going to eat because I'm going to burn out all what I ate in three hours. So the way I would look at that is I would say, like respectfully, that's a terrible idea um, because uh, from a digestion point of view, if you haven't eaten all day and then you eat a massive meal, even if you're waiting two to three hours to go and train again, your body will not have digested that food and your, bo- uh, your body will be pulling yeah. blood into your stomach to try and digest and break down that volume of food. So when you actually yeah. go and try and train, your training performance is probably going to be pretty poor. You're probably going to feel pretty sluggish and not great. 
And from personal experience, like whenever I've done anything like that, without being too crude, I tend to get a bit of a bad stomach. If I eat, if I try and work out with a very, uh, when I've eaten a very big meal. Um, So personally, I would always recommend a smaller sort of like feeding beforehand. And then if you want to go all in, as you say, SR afterwards, by all means go nuts because you then don't have to try and work out again. So yeah, um, that's And then I just have one more question because I do get this question a lot. And I think you would know more about as, you know, being a personal, uh, you know, a personal trainer and, you know, with the fitness background and all, what do you think of, well, I get many questions in my, you know, during my talks and from students, from, uh, I would say family members as well is, you know, that concept of having a cheat meal once a week. Now, how do, what could people do in Ramadan to have that? When do you think they should have that cheat meal? Let's say if they're, if my cheat meal would be on a Friday, yep. uh, do you think it's best to have the cheat meal the time where I break my fast or some other meals later on in the evening? I would definitely not have it as the first meal. So from my side of things, what I'd always recommend, and it's with clients I work with as well, is I'd always recommend it normally as your last meal of the day. So um, because then you're going to get some decent nutrition in before you can eat any junk food, if that's what you wanted to eat. However, um, I can appreciate maybe Ramadan slightly different scenarios. So what I would suggest that most people do, um, if your like body goals are serious for you, I'd suggest that you uh, eat one small meal, work out, and then have your cheat free meal because uh, post-workout, your body's going to utilize uh, and uh, assimilate a lot more of the nutrients uh, you're going to be eating even if it is from slightly more uh, fun foods we call it that uh, i think would be the best time to take that in whereas if you and you, i'm sure you'll agree with me that this so if you break your fast with uh, a, a quote-unquote cheat meal and um, i can guarantee then that probably the next three four meals are probably going to be a bit end up being cheat meals as well and yeah. then it's a slippery slope that it's not become a cheat meal it's become a a cheat evening, a cheat day, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's- yeah, 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 I agree with you 100%. And that's what, as well, again, people don't really get it over here is, oh, I could have a cheat day, it's fine, but it's because I'm going to fast the next few days and train the next few days. So a cheat day from the time you break my, fa- I break my fast till the last meal of the night, it's fine, I could eat whatever I want. And that's what a lot of people do, I would say. I would say not only here in the Middle East, but globally, is that they... We just eat, 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 as you said, and it just ends up being a cheap day or a cheap evening in Ramadan, which I think is not something very accurate. hundred percent. And that's probably the biggest mistake every single person yeah. makes. And like, yeah. I wasn't a guy uh, for a long time, whereas I had the belief that I could go and, I don't know, on a Saturday night, I could buy a family bag of Doritos, get a large Domino's pizza, two tubs of ice cream, yeah. go like eat as much crap as I could. And then I wouldn't do it again for another six days. And in reality, what this creates is a terrible relationship with food, which is something we do not want to have. So like no food is inherently bad and you can choose what food you actually eat and you control what food you put in your mouth. You control food, food doesn't control you. So that's why I actually really do not like the word cheat meal. So like with my clients, I like to use the word free meal. So it's a meal where you can go and have whatever you want because that's freedom for you to have control of what do I want to eat? I don't have to binge yeah, eat. Because I think um, mental association and relationships with food is incredibly important. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. And once you create a very strong, solid relationship with uh, food you like and that you can enjoy the food you want, like naughty foods or pizzas or whatever, like now and then, yeah. and you can factor those in, that's when you have complete control of uh, yourself, what you eat, and your own hunger. And you're not playing well, as a 
him to, to yeah. show vaccines. 100%. I agree with you that completely. But then again, when, because we're in Ramadan, we're fasting all day. Mm. And, you know, sorry, I'm asking you questions as well because I think you're more, <laughs> you know, more than me. But uh, when it comes with, um, obviously, with Ramadan, your body needs sugar. And when you break your fast, yeah. what do you think is best now? Obviously, dates because something natural and stuff. But then some people don't eat dates. But what other things? Because your body just naturally needs sugar. Like you see a cake in front of you and you're just dreading to have it because your body just needs something, you know, some sugar. So what do you think is... I would probably favor things like fruits or I would try to not mix... High, the, the real thing you want to try and avoid here is high carb, high fat. So even, for example, if you wanted to have something like a Starbucks low-fat muffin, like that's high in carbohydrate and has some sugars, uh, but it's low, low in fat. So the real thing we want to try and avoid here is high fat, high carb. So like things like um, like greasy pizzas and things like that, which are very high fat, high carb content is what's going to lead to weight gain and also digestion issues. So those would be really the things I'd try to avoid. So if you wanted to go for sugary things and sweet things, then great. But from my own personal experience, I'd probably go for something like, depending what your, your preference is, but I'd go for a combination of something with like a, a fast acting carbohydrate. So like some, you could put some, uh, some fruit dates uh, with like rice, potatoes whatever you want like have a combination of some fast and slow carbohydrates to add a bit more bulk to the meal rather than having purely fast sugars because i think as soon as you start reaching in for things like say for example dates it's probably very easy to go absolutely mad uh, quite quickly and eat, yeah, yeah, eat yeah. Tons and tons yeah. Of them. i absolutely love them and whenever i come to dubai and they're eating loads of them um <laughs> yeah it, it is good and then as you said you take one you just won't stop you just keep on having the one and one and you yeah. end up having 10 of them, you know? Yeah, it's a very easy snacking food. And, that, and that's yeah. uh, like the danger zone you get into. So from my side of things, I would probably try and have a mixture of like a sugary carbohydrate and uh, a normal carbohydrate, if that makes sense. Even if you were to have um, like, you could have like jam on toast or something like that, or jam on like with a bagel or something like that with a solid protein source as well. But the real yeah. thing I would try and have is have more of a balanced meal. So there's some sort of protein with whatever you're consuming as well so it's just not just sugar because the problem is when you fasted for so long if you then take in a big whack of carbohydrates your blood sugar is going to shoot through the roof um, and yeah. then it's going to happen again in an hour it's going to crash down again and then you're going to be reaching for sugar again to try and pull it back up and um, to yeah. try and have like a bit of a balanced meal or snack with whatever you're having will have a very positive effect to try and keep you uh, your blood sugar more stable and probably you feeling better i imagine yeah, 100%, yes. And then, obviously, and that's what I tell people, because we're in lockdown at the moment, it's actually the perfect time to focus on yourself doing Ramadan. Like, it's literally no excuses because you're home. You can't go anywhere. So you could, you know, prepare your own meals, eat whatever you want to eat, but it's all home-based. But again, it's something that I always tell people. I'm like, take this quarantine as as a plus point because it's, you, it, like I've seen for myself, and I've, I'm sure you would agree with me, is that I've seen so much changes in myself within the quarantine because i'm literally just focusing on myself on training nutrition what i want and i'm just learning and i think you agree with me that you're doing the same thing as well and everyone is doing you know some people are doing that as well just focusing on yourself and what you're eating as well and the meals that you intake as well 100 percent. like for me this is a thing this is a massive opportunity so like when again in your life hopefully we'll never have this again um yeah. you have the opportunity to be like locked at home to focus on the perfect routine habits learning being efficient and productive because like from my side of things i'm probably saving 
an hour and a half, two hours a day where I've normally been in the car driving around, going to different places. Yeah. So I've suddenly got so much more time that I can put into bettering myself for, yeah. for the rest of my life, not just in the short here and now, if that makes sense. 100%. No, I agree. I agree with you completely. I think it's one of those things, it's not using um, the COVID-19 situation as an excuse uh, and, and becoming a victim to the situation. Like, yeah. You either choose to survive or you can choose to thrive during this quarantine. And uh, oh, yes. That, that, yes. And yes, yes, a hundred times. It's because as well, I, when people tell me now, they tell me, oh, I, we, I have a small, I'm lucky enough to have a gym at home that we've built ages ago, but with all equipment and stuff. But then again, people tell me, yeah, but you have a gym. It's easy for you to train. It's impossible to train without a gym. I'm like, no, it's not impossible to train. Nothing is impossible to train That's without nice. a gym. You know, it's not even, you don't even need equipment. You could do body weights. Yeah, but I don't want to lose weight. I'm going to lose all my muscle. I'm like, yeah, but it's just staying active because you don't know when this lockdown is going to end. And then plus when this lockdown is going to hopefully end soon, not everything is going to open up very soon. Like everything's going to go back to normal 100%. So just do something that you're active, even if it's 20 or even 30 minutes a day, body weight, high intensity workout, use any type of weight home like your chair your water bottle i think it's something you agree with me yes it's you know just staying active i'm not getting it as an excuse i don't have a motivational speaker i say you'll know this more than anything like people who say these things it's their own limiting beliefs if they believe they cannot do it then they won't do it and that's where people need to really like take a hard look at themselves because you will either look back at this time in two three years and be proud of how you've handled the situation or maybe slightly embarrassed that Maybe you let yourself go. You let your business go a little bit. You like you suffered with your relationships because you were like arguing with your partner when you shouldn't be. And I think it's one of those yeah. things you need to take a very hard look at yourself in the mirror and think that what is quite interesting about this scenario is that it's exactly the same for every single person. So this is really like an opportunity to separate the men from the boys in terms of like who wants to be successful with their goals and their life and like like lead the best life they can and who's not willing to maybe try and take action and be limited by their own beliefs if that makes sense yes yes 100 makes sense correct um, correct correct have you so, yeah. Um, yeah. advice for anyone in terms of maybe having more belief in themselves in that respect because obviously like with your own journey this is absolutely incredible so to lose 87 kilos is absolutely mind-blowing and like truly inspirational so huge congratulations so. on that thank you um, like, was there a pivoting point for you when you were like, enough is enough, I need to change? As in during my w journey, as in I just couldn't take anymore or just what, what no, was the point that made me... What was the point? Was there like a breaking point? Yeah, just... it was, um, well, yeah, it was, well, pre-diabetic thing is one of the things that, you know, was in my head and all, like, you know, on the verge of getting diabetes. Um, I used to eat a lot of junk food and a lot as in I used to eat at least three to four times a week of junk food per, you know, per week, which was a lot. And uh, there was a point where I will not forget, you know, it was just going shopping, usual shopping with my brothers and then nothing would fit me. I would fit my brothers. So this was the point where I had to, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, what am I, you know, what am I doing to myself? I'm young and I need to start making a change. And then my twin brother, which I have a twin, he's fit and stuff. And he's the one that told me, okay, come do some workouts with me and see how you get. And that slowly and slowly started. I just started seeing results. And then that's where I got very addicted to training and wanted to you know, set my goals each month, weekly goals, monthly goals. That made me reach my target. But my, my change or point of change would, would be is, you know, the fear of being, di you know, having diabetes and then 
just you know just not living the right lifestyle and was that like a, an actual point with from like a medical professional said that to you yes yes it was that and then obviously and it's shocking my everyone at home is fit and they've always been fit all their lives except me because i used to love food and that was very you know it was very i'm like yeah but if my family were all fit and i'm the only not one that loves food because i was very stubborn i would listen i wouldn't listen but then obviously going to medical checks and having some issues and stuff i they told me like, okay, if you keep on continuing the way you are, you'll have diabetes and you'll have some issues in future. So might as well make a change. So slowly, slowly, I started doing a change and that's where I am right now. Awesome, awesome. What, would yeah. you have any um, advice for anyone else in terms of like removing maybe their limiting beliefs that they can't change? Because I think a lot of people just don't believe in themselves. I, uh, the first thing I would say is every single person could make a change 100%. It is a choice made by an individual. No one's going to choose it for you. If you want to choose to become uh, unhealthy and end up being you know, obese or have diabetes, that's your choice. If you want to end up being healthy, that's your choice as well. It's, at the end of the day, I always tell people, it is your life, it's no one else's life. No one's going to choose it for you you're choosing it for yourself. So I think that's one thing that I always tell people, and I always and always say it in my talks, is two things that I've learned throughout my journey weight loss is until now is number one, as I mentioned at the beginning, setting your goals. That could be weekly goals or monthly goals. And then number two is being positive and being surrounded by positive people. So people who actually push you to reach your goal. Like people who you know have that mindset and who are going to be with you constantly, twenty four seven, pushing you and reaching uh, and help you reach your goal. So I think that's two things that I've always told people: set your goal, be positive, and surround yourself with positive people. Yes, yeah, it's creating the right support network and structure around you. Yes, and like putting yourself in a position for success because yeah. if you're around positive-minded, successful people, you are the yeah. sum of like the five people you surround yourself with. So. And perhaps maybe yeah, and, then, and I'll give you a, I'm sorry sorry to cut you I just, I'll give you an easy example I, I, I work in Abu Dhabi which is an hour drive from Dubai every single day and I um, during the week I'm up at 4am I sleep I'm, then I head to the gym and then I head to work I come back I train again do my weight training in the morning is cardio and then I head home eat and sleep by 8.30pm and then people tell me why do you do this? Do you, you don't even have a life, you know, during the week, are you not, you know, you're not socializing with people. I'm like, because I have a goal set for myself, I don't care what anyone else says. I just want to focus on that goal that's set towards the end of the year. I want to reach it. And that's the reason why I'm doing this. I don't care. It's my choice. It's whatever I want to do to myself and it's my body. And that's why I always tell people Absolutely. do that goal. And it's your choice and just reach it. What is the goal for the end of the year, Essa? Uh, well, now because I've lost so much weight, now I'm starting to obviously I've gotten into a training and a nutritional plan where I want to bulk up and you know put on some muscle mass. Yeah. So a lot of strength training because I'm a, I love cardio. Me running, I love cardio. I would run till you you know till I won't stop. So it just got to a point where I got very skinny and I just didn't have that muscle definition. So at the moment now it's just you know focus on you know toning up my body and focusing on strength training as well. To try more, more like aesthetics and functional strength across the country. Yes, yes, 100%. That's awesome. I think, again, it comes down to the proof is in the pudding in terms of why you've been successful with your own transformations. Because as you said here, you're very much goal-driven and you've got a, a strong why and what you're trying to achieve. And I think if you don't have that 
it then becomes incredibly difficult for you to have a purpose and a drive because I can tell from talking with you that you're an incredibly inspirational guy and that like you wake up in the morning with a fire in your belly to go and achieve what you want to achieve yes 100 percent. pretty awesome now as well and I, now as well at quarantine times as well as i don't make quarantine as an excuse where i'm gonna sleep till 10 11 a.m no way i am up every day at around 6 30 a.m and i just you know try to get busy listen to podcasts uh you know listen, train and just do something and staying active i will never let quarantine change my life just because we're home 24 7 absolutely love that absolutely love that once quarantine's over what's the first thing you're gonna do oh Quarantine is over, I would say. Head to the gym. That's one thing. To be honest, which which I really gym do you train at in Dubai? I have to say, it's probably my favorite place in the world for gyms. It's incredible. Yeah, there's many ones. But I train at, mostly at Trainer Surf. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've trained there. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I train at Surf and uh, it's, it's good. It has everything. And I just, making, I just miss going to the gym, seeing people and, you know, waking up, being there at like 5 a.m. So that's something I really miss 100% and work as well. I miss work, you know. It's just being there at work, something I really miss. Because I'm, I'm into hospitality, so, you know, hospitality is all about socializing, events, and working 20 hours a day. It's ridiculous. You just work long working hours. But because I love that, it's something that I really miss. So that's one thing I'm going to do. Gym, head back to work, and normal life, hopefully. Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. And it's one of those things, you're, um, you're truly an inspirational guy, and I've absolutely loved this conversation. I think reflecting on this podcast, I think there's so much value in terms of, like, facts and information that will help people through Ramadan. Um, yeah. And there's some like very concise, like practical information that they can actually use. Um, so yeah. thank you so much for your time. Um, and you can find out some any more information about you. So where's the best, route, best place to reach out to you? Uh, on my social media, Strictness with Asa, on Facebook, uh, Instagram and all that. And then I'll be in touch. And yeah, man, thank you so much. Really found this useful. Awesome. Uh, it's always good uh, to do these type of podcasts and spread, you know, awareness and raise, and raise awareness about it. And we're just here to try and help and educate people. So I hope everyone listening is yeah, Keep it up, man. I've been listening to your podcast the past few days, and it's, to be honest, it's sick. So keep it up. Yeah, I love it. Keep love it up. It. Love it. So th- thank you for everyone listening. Um, I hope you've absolutely loved the podcast. So please share it. Uh, if you wouldn't mind dropping us a five-star review and subscribing, it would be incredibly appreciated. I've also got some incredible guests lined up coming up shortly. So I'm going to have Alicia Gowans, who's WBFF uh, world champion and one of the best trainers in the world for females coming with the show actually recording tomorrow so that'll be coming live as the next episode after this and i'm sure you'll love that one Essa, because she's a truly inspirational woman who overcame can't wait man i'll be i'll be the first one in 100 i can't wait for the conversation myself so thank you so much for your time <laughs> yeah. i will be over in, so much, i'll be over in dubai uh, as soon as the lockdown comes over so if you fancy hooking up and training let me know it would be a pleasure perfect definitely man stay safe and hopefully this is all ending soon yeah. take care thank you so much once again thank you